Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 231 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren. Hi, guys. See how I did that slightly differently? Ooh. Because today it's uh, it's going to be a different kind of episode. <laughs> it's not often that we get to talk about the reveal of a brand new Final Fantasy game. Ooh. It's happened very rarely, actually. <laughs> and thank goodness it happened after we had recorded last episode and after we had posted last episode and not before. Yes, that's actually <laughs> very nice day. because normally Square do not afford us that luxury. No. It's often that we we do a podcast talking about some kind of upcoming news or rumor or something or other, and then they then do it before the Tuesday. Yeah, and it's not even just us. It's like Kingdom Hearts Union as well. They're just kind of like, Kingdom Hearts Union is coming out today. Square Enix announces new Kingdom Hearts game. Oh, for frick's sake. Releases new trailer. Ah. No, so it's nice. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah, we actually were able to talk quite a lot about it last episode. And I feel quite confident because we were confident that we were going to see something. Mm. The stars aligned pretty nicely for us. And um, yeah, Final Fantasy 16 has been revealed. <gasps> revealed. It's it. It still feels quite surreal <laughs> that it actually happened. And um, just because it's so rare that Square announced new Final Fantasy games. I was talking about it on the Discord server and because we were talking about release windows and how often they usually um, take from announcement through to release. And really, if you go back to... like We're on 16, so 15 was, was announced technically in 2013. That was the last last numbered game we had announced seven years ago that's so crazy um, isn't it obviously the seven remake came out was announced five years ago so five years minimum seven years if we're being sticklers for the numbered thing going back before that it was final fantasy 14 2010 10 years ago <laughs> um then before that it was final fantasy 13 which was announced in 2006 and final fantasy 12 was announced in 2001 so at 19 years ago we've had 12 13 14 15 and 7 remake five games in 19 years mm. it's not a regular occurrence anymore if you go back to pre final fantasy 12 they, they were announcing new games like every other year yeah and sometimes they announced them three in one go i think yeah final fantasy 9 was officially announced in in 2000 at the start of 2000 it's like announced... we got a game on the horizon all right let's announce it it's fine it's good enough isn't it right yeah, yeah i mean yeah, i mean how it. crazy is that right so yeah they they announced they announced 9 10 and 11 on the same day at the start of 2000 the next year they announced final fantasy 12 <laughs> like it's it's crazy <laughs> yeah and then obviously at 2006 they had 13 versus 13 and agato 13 all announced on the same day but the difference between uh, the initial uh, square mentality and the, the latter square mentality was that generally when they announced the games they were coming out quite soon after and yeah. we didn't have to wait too long it, it was great they didn't have development issues in the same way that they started having and i don't know square got in this weird mentality of saying like we have to announce games early to please shareholders to increase sales of consoles to increase sales of other games and I it seems as though they're kind of learning from their mistakes in that regard. They've mm. gained a reputation. Yeah. They don't want that reputation anymore. And hopefully, fingers crossed, 
they will not be doing their announcements five years before the game releases anymore. <laughs> yeah, no more development hell for Square Enix. Fingers crossed. We 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 can speak to you soon in this regard. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. But as we're going to discuss later in the episode, it seems unlikely that this is going to happen with Final Fantasy 16. Mm. Unlikely. Daryl's calling it now. I am calling it now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we've got a huge episode to discuss um, through everything this uh, this episode. I'm so excited. I don't even really know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about, guys. And we're going to try and run through as much as we can. Obviously, we did a, a, a video on YouTube where we ran through some of the more finer details within the trailer. So we're not going to do that in this episode. We're more going to be talking about kind of our opinions, wider expectations, how we feel, you know, the airy-fairy stuff. Yeah. Right? Exciting. Before we do, though, here are some shout-outs for our executive producers on Patreon. And we're going to kick things off with Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Theron Bullen at Massacre 23. Fias Bilal. Lewis James. Zach Duranto. Rachel Casterton at Urbion Ray. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Darren Matthews at Doomster 73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Ryzen. Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Namjian. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Miles Ribbons. Chris Pope at Dr. Pop 181. Freya Stella. Flip Nuss. Tom Hughes at Tom underscore Hughes 22. Yam Potato. Noah Luttrell. Mitch Elliott. Sam Ennis. Tim Michael Verne at Phoenix02SA. Joshua Johnson at The Cancer Bus. Lauren Luscombe. Chris Willis. And Marco Lillo. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, guys. So, yeah, Final Fantasy 16 has been revealed and as we mentioned in the last episode there were a lot of stars aligning that this was going to happen at some point i did read a weird rumor though i haven't actually checked into this i saw the headline and i know you should never just look at the headline you should always read the story but that we spoke last episode about how 16 was potentially going to be announced or was supposed to be announced during the june spotlight for the Mm -hmm. playstation 5 but it wasn't and the the leakers were very confused by this i'm pretty sure i read a story that that came out that said that it it was indeed meant to be in there, mm-hmm. but it was shelved because Sony or someone else didn't feel as though it would put the best foot forward for the PlayStation 5 in terms of how it looked. Mm. We're going to touch on that a bit more later. Um, but I thought that was quite interesting that that it, it did le- add credence to the, the leaks. Um, 16, obviously, was a game that they were planning to announce for some time. And it is a PlayStation 5 exclusive, although there's some kind of weird, dubious stuff going on in that regard, because when they announced the trailer, uh, they revealed the trailer at the end of it said, this is captured on PC, PlayStation timed exclusive, also available on PC or something. Mm -hmm. They quickly changed that messaging (laughs) on all other trailers. Delete, delete. Yeah, delete, retcon. Um, We do not want to be asked anymore. People were asking Square about where's this PC version. They were like, we don't have any comment to make really no comment to make okay nothing and then um an industry analyst had said that they'd spoken to a a source who said that it's going to be a ps5 timed exclusive for six months and then it's going to go to the pc and then after 12 months then it's going to be eligible to go on all platforms that are capable which obviously suggests the xbox series i'm just going to say xbox series because there's two of them um 
So that's interesting. I don't know whether that's actually true or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, in the past, Square Enix have come out with like a decidia. They said about the the duration of the exclusivity Seven Remake. They've done the same thing, but it seems as though PlayStation are being quite tight lipped because it wasn't just the, the uh, sixteen trailer that had this issue. Demon Souls also had the issue around the PC version and exclusivity. And I think what they're trying desperately to do is to pull the wool over people's eyes. Yeah. To say, yeah, no, it's not coming to anything else. It never will. What are you talking about? Um, (laughs) I know. It's like this sort of weird tactic that they keep using. And yeah, it's, it's getting to the point now where I wish they would just be honest. Like, you know, you're not fooling anybody. It's an exclusivity deal. The PlayStation, they want to re- they want to have people buy their consoles, so they want the exclusive games for that console, whatever. Just say that. Say that it's like coming exclusively to PlayStation. Um, I mean, maybe it's not as bitey and nice to be like, you know, it's coming out on here first. Um, so if you want to get it early, you get it on PlayStation, you get a PlayStation and then you can get that first. Like it's, there's no shame in it. I mean, like, that's typically the messaging that Microsoft use, right? Yeah. Play first on Xbox or something. And, and they both do it. Like every yeah. single Microsoft press conference or Xbox press conference, they always have like the weird messaging. And then always afterwards, everyone's like, but is this coming out on like, another system? I don't and then know they find who out it feel- is. Yeah, I don't know who they're fooling. Like, but that's the whole thing, right? You know, they they do their initial messaging, yeah. mass market, which makes it really ambiguous to make people think it's only coming onto one platform. And then if they announce press releases afterwards and stuff, then it's the damage is kind of already done. Like it's kind of collateral stuff. But then it almost kind of feels like it's so bad for uh, Square Enix's side because like. They never seem prepared when it's time for them to release a PC version of it because there's always like bugs and stuff with the PC version. So then you're just kind of like, well, thanks. Like, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, well, the clock's ticking really on that exclusivity deal with the 7 remake. Who yeah. knows what's going to happen next April? Yeah. Whether or not there's going to be a game like Dissidia, the year exclusivity expired and then it was like a two years i think maybe almost three before it arrived on playstation 4 because they just didn't feel as though they were far enough along at the one year mark i also just don't see how they don't trust gamers like gamers to maybe buy it on multiple consoles because i know enough people who are happy to buy games twice um like whether yeah, it's but on that's PC a Sony or not. thing, right? That Square Enix are more than happy for people to do that, I'm sure. Yeah, and they maybe. know that people will. Yeah, but Sony, obviously, they they want people to believe it's only coming to PlayStation Five. They do not want people to even consider or entertain the possibility that it could be coming to something else later down the line. Yeah, which is just silly. It's just silly. Like people. People are going to buy the PlayStation. I, I feel like people would buy the PlayStation 5 regardless. Like, I mean, they'd have to have some kind of some kind of games, obviously. Yeah, that's a bit silly for me to say. Yeah, like, yeah, like the, USP. The, ex- the exclusive the exclusivity. Like, I can understand that. And I think I respect that. It's just it's just when they try to lie and try to be coy about it's the, it's the deceptive marketing practices. Yeah, I just I think we're past that now. I think it's time to move on and grow up. But I mean, you say that, but it's working for them. It is, I guess. Well, there's a lot knows? of anger actually about about 
about Sony even having exclusives. And well, there's a lot of anger about the fact that like people feel lied to because there's not going to be a PC version of certain games. And it's like they build the games on freaking PCs. Like, how on earth is there not going to be a PC version? Like, just duh. There will be at some point. Yeah. I mean, Sony are even doing that more aggressively. Their own first party titles now, like Horizon mm. came out on PC. It's done really well. Mm-hmm. Last of Us will probably arrive on PC at some point. Yeah. I don't think it's out yet. Um, but that that would make sense for them to do that. But getting back to the 16 reveal. Yes. Um, obviously, yeah, there's the drama around what's it going to be on? When's it going to be on it? Um, but the actual story of the stream is is quite funny, but also quite depressing. So we, we had a very uh, high expectation that 16 was going to be in this stream. Mm-hmm. I mean, we obviously go into every stream expecting there to be some kind of news. Every, like, if it happens, it's kind of one of those things where, like, we're always like, yeah, 16, 7 Remake, it's going to be something, something. <laughs> and then when it happens, you're kind of like, oh, it actually did happen. Although okay. saying that, I have become a bit more... Um, Grounded? Yeah. In my old age, just thinking like, yeah, no, nah, not going to happen. Nah, it could happen, but they're probably not going to... So I kind of, I tried to take that same approach this time, even though I kind of had a faint idea that they might do, if only because of that rumor over the PlayStation 5 event. Yeah, and obviously from kind of like our our sources, we knew that something was going on mm. with 16, but that doesn't mean that it was going to be necessarily announced when it was. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the thing, we, you know, you know certain things, right? You get little snippets of information rolling around and stuff and... So yeah, we went into the stream kind of expecting it to be in there and we were planning to to live stream it with with the audience, with you guys, the community. And my computer blue screened like a minute before the stream started. It was so horrible. We couldn't get back on, on Twitch because it was like, you know, well, the broadcast is still going on because it crashed as opposed to me finishing the, the broadcast. And so we were kind of half watching um, the the stream uh, while we were trying to get our stream back on and we we were like okay what what it this first game looks oddly familiar yeah um our immediate reaction was that maybe this is the announcement that 14 is coming to playstation 5 which to, to me made perfect sense like they are always banging on about how successful 14 has been it's growing all the time that would be a great game for them to put on. They've already said that GTA Online is going to be moving over. The expectation has to be that other games that started on PlayStation 3 that are persistent are also going to move over. Mm. Like, 14 has to go on PlayStation 5 at some point. Yeah. It would make sense. Well, I, mm, actually, I say that, but obviously you can still play PS4 games on the PS5, so there's not really any need, I guess, unless they want to enhance things further. Mm. But anyway... I'm regressing my own thought. <laughs> so yeah, we were like, this has got to be the announcement of something 14 related. Maybe yeah, it's a it new expansion pack or, or something like that, because that would make sense. And then as I started going through, we were like, huh, um, no, this is looking less like 14. And we kind of um, just 
skipped forward right to the end, saw the logo. And we were like, bam. Okay, we should really probably record a reaction video to yeah, this right now. and watch right it now properly. And watch it properly. Because, yeah, we watched like the first minute and then we didn't watch anything else. No, because we were too too upset. Yeah, <laughs> it was just upset. like, it was just so weird. We did a whole stream of Crystal Chronicles beforehand. Fine, no problems. But then this, it was just, our computer had enough. No, yeah. And- I, I don't want to hear about your Final Fantasy anymore, you <laughs> silly people. It was just like the worst timing. But yeah, so we, we did the um, reaction video and yeah, watching it back it was just kind of like well this is actually real cannot believe it and mm. obviously like the funny thing for us was that it said uh from producer like well in the press release afterwards like Naoki Yoshida producer oh really <laughs> oh hi hi Yoshida. you know remember those that thing a couple of um couple of months ago where you were just like fake news not involved with 16 but then we covered it at the time we clearly said in in his response, at no point did he deny being involved with 16. That's just how people paraphrased it incorrectly. If yeah. you actually went back and look at what he said, he was asked, are you the director on 16? He said, I'm not leaving 14. Yeah. He didn't say no. He didn't say here there was no involvement. He just said, I really wish people would stop asking me these questions. I'm not leaving 14. Oh, yeah, that was it. They asked him, they asked him, will you be leaving 14? Mm. to work on 16 or something and he yeah. was just like no i'm not just stop asking me these questions yeah so yeah at no point did he deny being involved with the game he didn't deny there was a game he just said i'm not leaving 14 which is true he's yeah. not leaving 14 he's going to be producing 14 and 16 at the same time while also directing 14 which is going to be intense intense yeah but he does love he does have lots of assistant directors on 14. Like he's got a pretty good working relationship with everyone now. I'm sure they don't really need too much assistance from him anymore. No, no. And I mean, like he has so many, so many different directors working on it and stuff to help. Like, yeah, he's, he's doing well with it, but it is, it is really funny that he was just kind of like, yeah, but uh, by the way, I'm the producer of Final Fantasy 16. He yeah. hasn't even like fully addressed. Well, he did the an interview, but it's just like, yeah, he's just he's just a big troll, isn't he? He's he is. They troll. all are, though. Like, it's just, yeah. I mean, like, he must get really frustrated with getting asked these questions. Though, yeah, it, it must like sometimes it's going to boil over. But I like to think that we started it. We did, yeah. Of yeah. course, we did. Because, but it is because of our community. Because our community all said that who they want to direct the next mainline title, and our community said Yoshi. Well, he wasn't the top answer. He was third or fourth, I think, in the survey. But I just you decided just to... discredited my entire statement. Thank no, you, Daryl. Well, no, because they they <laughs> did still put him forward. I said that mm. he was one of the people when I spoke to him. I said he was one of the people that people were interested in directing the offline, and he said to me, "I." I have a kind of a, vi- a rough vision for what I would do with a an offline Final Fantasy game. A rough vision. But if I vision. don't get the chance to make it, I'm not going to quit. Mm. Which was a which was a foreboding statement. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't get it, uh, yeah, I promise. Because I don't think Tabata <laughs> would quit, quit at, at that point when I'd interviewed Yoshida. Had I had he or had he just quit? Um, I can't remember. It feels like so long ago now. But yeah, so. He, he said that he'd only make it, though, if the company asked him or if there was a significant fan demand for him to do so. Mm. And obviously, like, the stars have kind of aligned from him in this regard. We spoke about how he's got a pretty good support network for Final Fantasy XIV. And the guy who's directing Sixteen is Hiroshi Takai. I'm pretty sure it's Hiroshi Takai. I feel like I've just... I have a tendency to make up Japanese names 
<laughs> into why I think they are, and I don't actually check. Um, Good job, but Darius. I know his surname is definitely Takai, and he has been a prominent part of the Final Fantasy fourteen rebirth. He joined Yoshida right at the beginning of the the rebuild. Uh, I think his first patch was one point one nine. So he's been with him pretty much the whole way through as assistant director to Yoshida. They obviously know each other very, very well. He's worked on Heaven's Ward, Stormblood, um, but he left the production team after Stormblood to obviously work on, start working on 16. Mm. But it's really good. I think that's something that obviously gives me a lot of confidence in that these two have worked very closely together they have a reputation because they've delivered something that's that's pretty strong in the product that they've worked on. Um, and I know that obviously since um, Stormblood, things have gone on even further after Takai left with Shadowbringers, which people will say is like one of the best storylines ever in a Final Fantasy game. And he wasn't involved in that. But still, it's, it's, it's a good duo. And I'm really interested to see kind of what they bring. I know that there have been people kind of putting question marks on Takai because he's kind of an unknown variable to many people because I don't think many people know who else really works on 14 outside of Yoshida. Like he does do some of the live letters and has done in the past, but I don't think the wider community are really aware of who he is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that makes a lot of sense because the only mainline offline Final Fantasy game he's worked on is 5 mm. a long, long time ago. Other than that, he's he worked on 11, uh 14 obviously the rebirth but he after five he primarily spent a lot of time working on the saga and mana franchises before being given the opportunity to direct the last remnant but in a way i feel like this is what we needed because like you think about you know whenever we've sort of had the discussions before about who should direct the next final fantasy who should direct the next final fantasy we almost kind of secretly wish that it'd be somebody new because of the fact that we've seen what Namora can do with like Kingdom Hearts. We're just kind of like, you know, all right, we, we've seen what you can do now. Not really that interested because it just, I don't know. Like we, we personally, like we're not, we're, we're fans of Namora. Like we like Namora, but it's, it's just been there, done that. Yeah. Essentially I mean, us. this has created a scenario that we've, we've kind of talked about with, with negative and also mm. it's created a scenario that we've talked about with positive positive. Mm. And the negative is that, obviously, it's, again, another director mm. of a mainline Final Fantasy game. We haven't had a back-to-back director for a long time now. It's true, but the directors that we've had haven't worked. Like, yeah, but Toriyama, I guess Toriyama with 13, like, it didn't... Oh, I'm going to get... Sorry, we have a back... To- we, uh, he did do three back-to-back. He did do three of the 13 series back-to-back, obviously, but he didn't do 14 and he didn't do 15. We had Tabata, Tabata's gone, and Tabata was just kind of like, I'm not touching that with a five-foot pole after he even um, did 15. Um, Yoshi P, like, you sort of thought, you know, well, he's on 14, so he's not going to be interested, even though he is producing 16, he's not going to, maybe he won't be interested in directing. But like, Toriyama with with uh, 13, it just wasn't, there were so many people who who had complaints over it because of a lot of the direction that he took. Like the characters weren't as fleshed out as they had been in the past and stuff. There was a lot of critiques over the story. And the same critique was true for 12 as well. Like just the fact that, 
the the characters weren't as fleshed out as when you compare it to like 10 which is also toriyama which is yeah. why 13 well, is 10 so T. weird um 10 T directed but toriyama obviously was involved in the event planning of of 10 okay yeah um but then like for for the future it's just kind of like i think it's it's better like you and i have talked about this a lot like the changing of the old guard like I mean, obviously, this guy has been in this company for a while, but um, we've always felt that the people who are at the top of the food chain are spread way too thin. Like, Nomura was always spread way too thin with Kingdom Hearts 3. Well, I mean, he's already apparently planning the next major Kingdom Hearts game while also yeah. working on 7 Remake Part 2. Yeah, but, like, I think it's time for them to sort of pass the torch um and and allow for more people and who who better to have overseeing it than yoshida yes. is looking over him as a mentor to be like this is what you should and that, do and that's why i was saying there's the negatives and the positives because mm. the negative is that yes we have another director who's kind of an unknown quantity and it's another i guess we've spoken in the past about after 15 we were very clear that we wanted whatever came next to build upon 15 Mm-hmm. Like there needs to be some degree of consistency. We haven't had that for a very, very long time. Yeah. And that's what the franchise was built around. Like the having such sporadic releases and having them always be different is how you create a disparate fan base. Mm-hmm. Like Final Fantasy has always been built around change. Yes. But especially in the first 10 games, there was a lot of consistency. Like the first six games were directed by, um, well, the first five games were directed by Sakaguchi. Um, Kitaze helped with number five. He then uh, took over as the director for seven and eight and ten. And and Ito was obviously the director of six and nine, but was obviously heavily involved with four as well. Like there was all of the kind of senior figures, the visionaries. Sakaguchi was always there. Kitaze was always there as the franchise was building out. Ito was always there. Mm-hmm. Like they were they were very, very consistent with their approach. And yeah, sure, like Final Fantasy IX, as we covered in our recent video, it could have easily been a spin-off because of how different it was. Mm-hmm. But also it was very consistent with what we'd seen before Seven. Mm-hmm. It's just that Seven was the thing that put the franchise on the map. They then were smart and built upon that with Eight and Ten. Like they were really smart with their execution of building out the franchise. But then they decided to go with 12. 12 was beset with issues. Who knows how that game would have turned out if Matsuno hadn't been forced to leave. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you have a game that ends up having three directors, it's never going to end that well. No. And then obviously 13, completely different direction. Again, 14, different direction. And uh, 15, completely different direction. So they just needed someone higher up to just say, look, we need to have something that is similar you're bringing in new fans with every single one of these games. Mm-hmm. We've seen that in our surveys. You see it in the fan base. And 15 brought in a load of fans. Well, if the next game isn't like 15, what are those fans going to think they got into? Yeah. So there needs to be this consistency. And obviously, like, we were hoping that whatever they did was better. 7 Remake was was quite different from 15, but in a good way. So again, it, it resets the thing. The next game has to be very similar to 7 Remake in terms of what it is. This is what it means to be Final Fantasy now. It looks as though 16 is going to be different mm-hmm. again in that regard. So we're going to get some kind of disparate fan base again for anyone that comes into the franchise with 16 or people that got in with 7 Remake or 15 are going to be thinking, okay, what, what's this game? But the positive is that it is consistent with 14. 
14 is the biggest property they have right now in terms of the the um the amount of promotion they get the number of players they have and there's often been a disconnect with the mmos and the mainline games this should hopefully kind of address that and as you said it's it's not yoshida directing but his co-director his assistant director is directing and that's exactly what used to happen in the past yeah and they kind of tried it with toriyama he was essentially like kataze's number two when it came to story and like you know maybe he was a bit out of his depth when it came to the um the directing of the game or maybe kataze didn't fulfill the role that sakaguchi fulfilled for him when he was kind of handing things over maybe kataze isn't the world's best producer yeah like maybe that's why you know toriyama obviously gets painted with this brush but kataze always had sakaguchi around yeah to kind of give him ideas and it was then his idea responsibility to execute those ideas yeah i do i do wonder that sometimes if kataze was a better director than he is producer um obviously like producer it's it's not that it's like a sort of easy job it's definitely not but it's like it's a backseat it's a backseat when yeah, compared to like, like the director resource management so financing you'd rather deadlines. so kataze would probably rather do that because of the fact that it's not as intense as being a director but like yeah i don't i don't think he's been particularly good at training up new people yeah, and preparing I mean, if, them if for you the look future. at kataze's track record as producer outside of the seven remake which obviously is the dream team back together yeah his credits aren't that great. I mean, you got ten to the thirteen franchise and Mobius. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. It's not compared to his his credits as director. It's not very stellar. Yeah, and that's okay. Like, it's okay for her. It's okay if if he wasn't that great of a producer because we know he's a great director. It's just it is what it is. It's it's just how we're built some people make really yeah. good directors some people make really good producers because if you if you is. think about how things play out like typically when we're doing videos looking at the creation of the games that kataze directed sakaguchi is always there mm-hmm. there or thereabouts they're always talking about sakaguchi wanted us to do this he made yeah. us do this he gave us this nugget of information with 13 i don't ever remember hearing anything that kataze added but maybe that's also because like kataze could never be the visionary that sakaguchi was he's an execute he's i was gonna say he's an executioner but he <laughs> yeah. like kataze he he executes he, i never would have think like nobody ever sort of says about like well kataze wanted it wanted the vision to be this like i could never imagine them saying that yeah the only thing i know about him is the fact well other as a producer i guess at least in the recent times is that he surprised namora with the fact that he was going to be director of final fantasy yeah. 7 remake you know like it's just that kind of thing where you're just kind of like okay um and the other weird thing told him that. is that yeah because like seven you know that the theme of of life was was driven by sakaguchi because mm-hmm. of his mom and like that's 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 what he did and then they kind of roll with it um but with 13 it was very much Toriyama's idea. Everything mm-hmm. was Toriyama's idea uh, because the the concept for 13 was written as a provisional plot for 7 by in, Toriyama. In a strange way, I do wonder if Nomura was better equipped to become the Sakaguchi role compared to, compared to Kataze in some regards because I think his vision is stronger for how design-wise a game should be. Like, 
I don't I don't know Kitaze's design. I know Nomura's design, like obviously from from uh, a visual perspective, I know his design, but I also know his worlds. Like his worlds have a very very like Nomura feel. Yeah. But they don't have a Kitaze feel. I never have like a Kita oh, this is a Kitaze game. Like this is definitely like this has Kitaze smeared yeah. all over it. It's it's but Nomura games like Kingdom Hearts, you know it's Nomura. You know, like you just it has that that sense of it. It's a weird notion actually because yeah, like we know that Nomura contributed to this the story of six, seven, and eight. Mm. I don't think he really got involved. With he the was story always of 10. really passionate. He was yeah. always the one who was like, "We have to do this. We have to do this. Or, we shouldn't do that. We, we shouldn't, shouldn't do, do that." This. Yeah, exactly. He was always the one who was coming up with the ideas to to make the story better. Um, I know this is really off track, but like I do. Hey, nothing wrong with a tangent. I do in a way, I do in a way feel as though he's probably more fit to be the visionary of Square Enix. Well, what's interesting about that is that he's never been given the opportunity to, because like everyone, when we're talking about this, I'm sure everyone's thinking Kingdom Hearts, Lauren, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like, what kind of vision is that? It's a mess. I know. But what I would say to counter that is that really the essence of Final Fantasy is a self-contained story. And yeah, Nomura is the one of the ones... Uh, Nomura and Kataze were the, basically the visionaries of the compilation. They were like, yeah, let's expand it. Let's do all this stuff. But if you gave Nomura the restriction of this story has to be told in one game, mm-hmm. he's never really had that. Mm-hmm. Like, aside from when he was assisting with the stories of seven, eight, uh, sorry, 6, 7, and 8, no one's ever sat down and said... Okay, Tetsuya, you got to come up with a story that's going to be delivered in one game and mm. only one game. There's no mm. chance for another one. It has to be self-contained. I'd be I'd be interested to see what that game would come out as. Yeah. I guess well, it would have been versus 13, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. It would have been that, but he was just too spread thin in order to focus actually focus on it. And obviously he's obviously come out and said in the past that he doesn't want to be a director. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. enjoy that. Like he doesn't enjoy it. He would rather be a producer. So let the poor man be a producer. Yeah, he wants to be he wants to be what Sakaguchi was at that time. He wants to be the person who is kind of has the overarching vision and then someone else executes that vision. Really, I think that Nomura should be taken away from the taken away from the director role in Final Fantasy Seven. Give that to somebody else who's up and coming and have Nomura and uh, you can have two producers can't you like have Nomura and Kataze sort of heading the reins I mean it weirdly enough it sounds as though from the stuff that's come out with the 7 remake that um Hamaguchi it was often even though he was like in charge of like the the co-director of battle and stuff he was the one that was often coming up with all the crazy ideas and Nomura was deciding whether or not they should do them based on the evidence he provided as to why it would work <laughs> yeah cute little hamaguchi oh he's so sweet looking but yeah final fantasy 16 yes um, um big tangent yeah so obviously we were talking about the consistency yeah uh, to me the fact that it's it's 14 and 16 that's going to be a consistency yeah and we don't know what's going to ever going to happen with 17 that's a long way down the line yeah seven remakes obviously going to do its own thing the, the the hope now for me has to be again that whatever 16 accomplishes they build on that yeah they build on that. Whether it's not, maybe it's not seventeen, maybe it's eighteen. But but there's you can see the consistency between fourteen and sixteen. Some people don't like that, but to me, it's incredibly necessary because you have two properties that are aligned. It means that there are going to be people that play sixteen that think, oh, maybe I'll try fourteen out because there's similarities there. Like there's similar lore, there's similar graphics. Maybe I'll like that because I like this. 
there's going to be people that play 14 that have probably never tried an MMO, sorry, a non-MMO Final Fantasy game and that think, oh, I'm interested in playing that now because it's got Yoshida involved and Takai and they both did a really good job with 14. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is the game where I'll start to explore outside of 14. Like just creating that dynamic because that's exactly what it was like for me. I played 7. I really enjoyed the game. I was desperate to play 8 because I enjoyed 7 so much. But 9, it was different. It was not what I was expecting from a Final Fantasy game because I'd only ever played those two. I hadn't played six. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I had have played six, nine would have resonated with me, with me a lot more. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't. So like when I played nine, it was I, like I liked it, but I, it wasn't the same to me. And then mm-hmm. 10 happened and I was like, yes, it's back to what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And then 12 was not. <laughs> Like it, I know it's like this weird back and forth thing where like okay how do I figure out if this is a Final Fantasy game that I'm actually gonna like like how yeah. how am I supposed to know I the characters look cool uh, the environment looks cool but but how do I know that the story is gonna be good like I think that's the kind of questions that have been raised recently about the series in general is you know. Am I gonna get? Am I gonna get a good story with this game? And am I gonna get uh, good characters in this game? And those are the kind of questions that shouldn't even be thought of with Final Fantasy. They should just be known. Final Fantasy is a like story based JRPG game. You know, you're gonna get like really interesting characters. You know, you're gonna get engrossed in the environment in the whole system like you just you should just know that from the beginning yeah but that hasn't happened but for that 20 hasn't years. happened like it's it's so hard i mean in our opinion of course yeah. um i mean like obviously like i think 15 they rectified it with the royal edition um kind of but even but still like you know Ard- the- arden has a great story arc yeah but you have to watch the anime you have yeah. to watch the movie exactly you have to- exactly and that's what it shouldn't be it should all be self-contained um but yeah so I, yeah. I guess one of the big concerns that has been raised about 16 in that regard is the is the gameplay mm-hmm. now in recent times final fantasy has been shifting away from the classic turn-based style but from what we've seen pretty much everyone almost universally accepted that the way they did combat in 7 remake was really good mm-hmm. it was a modern take on the old system there was still a turn-based element to the combat. They had materia, they had moves. It it was it was really good. It doesn't look as though sixteen is going to be utilizing that from what we've seen. I don't I don't know. We we haven't seen any UI. We don't know if there's going to be party members. And that was one of the questions we actually had from the community from Moogle eight ninety. We don't know if there's going to be party members. We can assume there will be because mm-hmm. it's a Final Fantasy game, and the only single player focused game we've ever had in that regard is lightning returns Mm -hmm. but we don't know um all we know is that the combat is going to be directed by ryota suzuki we've spoken about him before like six months ago he he worked on the gameplay systems for dragon's dogma and devil may cry 5 and anyone who's played those games will immediately see the similarities in the 16 trailer it seems very single player focused it looks as though you're going to be able to wield the power of various icons, which are what summons are called in this game, uh, to enhance yourself, uh, to like do better attacks, to do more defensive moves. 
and that's very similar to Devil May Cry 5 with the weapon switching mechanics. Mm. It, who, who knows what it's actually going to turn out like, though? It's just, it's so hard to make any kind of informed judgment at this point. Because mm-hmm. it's essentially just a teaser. Yeah, I mean, I would really love it if they had a similar system to 7 Remake because it worked. And if it was um, Ryota Suzuki's spin on that system, great. That would be mm-hmm. amazing because you, you get kind of what we had in the olden days where like Ito built upon the turn-based system to make the active turn-based system. He then kind of iterated on that a bit for the next nine installments. Then you had the conditional turn-based system, which was someone else combining elements of the ATB system with the turn-based system. Then from then you had obviously had the, uh, what's it called? Uh, 13's battle system chart. No, I'm blanking on the name of that. On the name of who? The, t- the thirteen battle system. It doesn't matter. Mm. Um, but that was again like another twist on on the active the ATB system. But we haven't really had any consistency in in the combat for a while. So if Ryota Suzuki is able to, I, I would really love it if if he's able to just speak to Tirada, who did the seven remake battle system, and just say, "Look, we're both working on Final Fantasy <laughs> games right now. Let's share some ideas." Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want Suzuki to start from scratch. I, I just, I just do, I don't, I do not want him to do that. <laughs> just stop, stop. Uh, and, but also like the sad thing about it, the situation is because I, I, I have a feeling that's going to happen. But Tirada was also from Capcom. Mm. Like he worked on the Monster Hunter combat system. So you have the two now lead battle directors are both from Capcom, different franchises of Capcom. Like uh, there has to be some communication I really, I really hope there is, and I, I, like, deep within my core, I am desperate for the combat in sixteen to have similarities with what we saw in seven remake. Mm. If it doesn't do that, I'm going to be really disappointed, unless it's amazing. Yeah. In which case, I'll just shut up. Yeah, like it is, it is going to be difficult. Um, but yeah, it's just hard. It's really, really hard to comment on without more information but um then i mean sort of the story side it looks really interesting um i like they're focusing a lot on the summons um you have shiva as the dominant and i will never not think of bdsm when i think about being dominant it's just it just pops into my brain i'm just kind of like dominant okay cool um but yeah this whole idea of like perhaps people being attached to summons or like turning into summons or something. Um, It's pretty cool. And uh, it's really awesome to see a fight between Shiva and Titan. Yeah. It's a twist that we've not really seen before. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously like there, there has been a connection with summons and individuals since they came into existence in final fantasy three where like yeah summoners have can call forth uh beings to support them and it seems as though that's kind of a similar notion in this with the icons and their dominant but what we don't know is whether the icon the dominants actually become the icon yeah or whether they summon them and if they do if they become them then that is a, a big twist and not something we'd ever really seen before other than tactics mm-hmm. i believe which uh people are pointing out numerous similarities with tactics and 12 because uh, yoshida has spoken in the past about his love for matsuno so it'll be interesting to see 
how that evolves. But for now, like literally all we know is that there's a boy called Joshua. Mm-hmm. That's the only named character <laughs> we have. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. We know that the main character is likely to be someone's cause like Joshua's shield in but and it, there could be a time skip at some point because at the end of the trailer it showed um th- what looked to be the same person looking a bit older mm-hmm. but it may not have been the same person yeah it's not it's not 100% confirmed or anything they're both wearing an earring uh but that's about it can it. be assumed but yeah. yeah but it could also be joshua because joshua has the same earring we mm. like there are lots of question marks uh, yeah. likewise like moogle a90 also asked who do you think the girl is there's a girl who appears near joshua at one point and uh there's speculation that she could be shiva's dominant mm-hmm. but at the moment we don't even know who joshua's dominant is it <laughs> could it could be phoenix but it could also be ifrit mm. Or it could be both. Joshua could be both. We don't know. There could be another dominant. There's there's so many question marks based on what they have shown mm. that there are no answers to at this point. And I don't think we're going to get any answers anytime soon. But the weird thing is that I get such a... Like, even though it's a completely different environment, I get such 15 vibes from it. Like, I really feel like they almost sort of thought, like, you know, well, 15 had a really good, had like a really good basis for a really good game. Versus 13, you mean? Let's just, uh, <laughs> let's just, let's just use it again, but we'll just change the characters. And I mean, hopefully it's, make it's it a something bit that we know used to happen a lot in Square Enix. Mm. I think I, when I, I feel like I've gone on a small rant about it recently that Square Enix don't seem to reuse ideas anymore that mm. didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Because we know that when they were pitching seven, different scripts one of them got used for xeno gears toriyama used his one for 13 characters um, got used a deal was supposed yeah. to be in five Tatase, seven she got moved a lot over of his elements for eight like they used to do it all the time where they yeah. would recycle ideas if they're recycling ideas from versus 13 to put into this game more power to them yeah that's smart saves time yeah exactly they're not, they're not bad ideas no no like why why not just get inspired by them um but yeah no like i mean well, one, there's a dog, and you sort of think like dog. Umbrella. And then uh, two, there's <laughs> there's Joshua, who definitely feels like the Noctis character, and he has a little girlfriend. Um, he heals people as well, it seems like. Um, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know he, for sure he could be what healing. he's doing. He, he could looks be like he's healing somebody. His um, he feels like he is sort of royal, or he's above everybody else in terms of class. He is the Archduke's son. Mm-hmm. And um, it feels like perhaps we are taking the role instead of it being sort of Joshua's story. It definitely feels like it's the role of the the protector, the Gladiolus. guardian story, story <laughs> which actually would have been a much better story to tell for Final Fantasy XV, honestly, because Noctis's story is pretty boring in in my in my opinion. Like Noctis is just such a boring character in comparison to like Ignis. Like, Ignis was a far more intriguing character to me. Even Prompto was a far more, like, intriguing character to me than Noctis. Um, Have Noctis just kind of be the sort of ongoing thing that is just kind of, like, making the story go forward, but you're, like, following the Guardians who are reacting to it all. Like, that is much more interesting. So if it is that, I think we should be in for a very interesting story um and i mean obviously we saw that really crazy scene where he's all covered in blood and uh it may be the reason one of the reasons that it has been 
provisionally given an M rating. Yep, 18. Mature. The, only the second game to receive a classification like that. Mm. Which also then harkens back to Versus 13 because that originally... Uh, I remember Kyle and I, mm. when we were talking about that, there was a possibility that that was going to be the first M-rated game. Yeah. Because it had quite adult themes in it. And obviously Type-0 took that mantle with uh, Tabata. Mm-hmm. But I think even in Europe, it wasn't an 18. Over here, it was a 16, despite being an M rating in America. Yeah. But I think, yeah, obviously, one of the main themes, we know how much the logos have a significance to the game's stories. Uh, the logo features uh, Phoenix in battle with Ifrit. So, yeah, I mean, from that, you can take that the summons are going to be an integral part of this story the battle between Phoenix and Ifrit. We don't know what type of battle it's going to be, whether it's an external battle, whether it's an internal battle, but the battle between Phoenix and Ifrit is going to be a a central point to the story. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be really cool to see because summons have obviously played a part in many stories throughout the years, but they've never been the prominent part of the story. Mm -hmm. They've always been a side story or a supporting side. I think like the most involved they've ever really been was uh, six and ten but even there like the story wasn't about them yeah as such like Terra was the main character she was half Esper but it wasn't about Esper's fighting against each other no the amount of time that Esper's were actually on screen was very minimal yeah like when have we like 10 obviously was was um you had esper battles yeah but that's the only time that i can think of off the top of my head where there where a story has been about espers fighting amongst each other i could be doing I mean, a big disservice well, 15, to 14 15 did have it to a degree but it just wasn't it was still yeah if versus the other summons but it was yeah. kind of behind behind closed doors and then Alta summons versus Noctis in a way. <laughs> Leviathan. Like, the summons just hate Noctis. Yeah, I mean, four, 14 story obviously is about summons too. I don't know what the lore is around them and whether or not they've had big conflicts with each other that have played out in front of everyone. But yeah, to me, especially from an offline perspective, it's it feels as though the summons are going to have a much more significant role than they've ever had before. Because yeah, 15 had them, but again, it was kind of, it wasn't front and center. You you had to learn about it from the lore. Mm-hmm. Like Ifrit's role was obviously like positioned more in episode Arden about how he was corrupted and whatever. So um yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how the lore develops. Um and I don't know when they're gonna run out, announce more on that. I think Yoshida's just said that they're gonna be uh updating the website with information about characters and, and lore uh in October. So mm-hmm. we've got a couple of weeks to wait in that regard, but I don't know obviously you know what they're gonna show at that point <laughs> we shall see so let's talk about the the actual trailer itself because there has been a lot of criticism and i touched on it right at the beginning of the episode there's been a lot of criticism around the visuals and yes the rumor was that it was shelved from the initial playstation 5 reveal because people felt that the visuals did not showcase the playstation 5's capabilities and I know that within our community, there is a lot of positivity around 15, 16. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But in the wider gaming community, there is not. Mm -hmm. And we we actually kind of saw this firsthand because when we we posted on the PlayStation 5 live stream comment and, and made a comment saying about how great we thought 16 looked, we had many, many, many replies to our comment basically saying 
like what are we smoking the game looks like trash and you know some of that has permeated into the fan base but i think a lot of us are just optimistic and yoshida has kind of come out and said the the real pros and cons as to why they did this like he knows and the team know that they did not put their best foot forward when it comes to graphics it does not look anywhere near as good as some of the other games they're showing off on playstation 5 and i think some of the criticisms that it it doesn't look any better or or actually potentially looks worse than 7 remake are fair because it doesn't look like some of the scenes they showed off in the trailer do look really good Mm -hmm. some of them look really bland um there's obviously issues with lighting and it's 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 not a final build of the game and i think um so yoshida said that the reason they did this instead of going with the classic pre-render trailer which is what square always do they set a target render they get everyone excited about it and it's what most companies do Mm -hmm. set a target render get everyone excited about it and then whether or not you deliver on that doesn't really matter ubisoft are notorious for never delivering on their target renders but their games still sell tons Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter at the end of the day all all that matters is that people believed what it could be and if they don't deliver on it yeah it's a shame but as long as it's kind of close enough then i fine but yoshida basically said that he's aware that square enix have a reputation they show off a pre-rendered trailer and then fans don't hear anything for a long time because the team have to try and make that like it happened with 13 they showed off the lightning trailer with the gravity boots and everything and the rest of the team back in japan were like all right how are we going to make this now no clue and you know we've seen it time and time again with square like they showed off the teaser trailer for seven remake five years before it came out because they hadn't done anything yet and i think he he really wanted to change things up a bit you know he's in charge he's the big dog he he can kind of do what he wants and he basically said he he's seen in the past comments from americans where they sarcastically say after final fantasy announcements see you in 2035 because it's just you know obviously an exaggerated joke on how long it takes square Enix to, to to ship stuff he wanted to avoid that so he said to himself if we do a pre-render trailer we're going to get those comments. If we do an in-game trailer, it shows people that this game is actually decent. There's a decent amount of work done it. We're, we're happy to show this off. Mm-hmm. We've got all the character models done that we need to show off so far. There's story, there's scenes. Like, there's actually, there's substance here. Yeah. And Penguin Alex asked that about how long we think it's going to be before it comes out because Square Enix seemed pretty confident. And... You know, 2021 is not unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Neither is 2022. I think 2022 at the latest, honestly, if if I'm going to put something on it, I would I would be semi optimistic about a release next year. Mm-hmm. And 2022 would be kind of my. They're not going to release later than this. Yeah. 2023, no way, unless something goes horribly wrong. Yeah. But it will be 2022 at the latest, and. I think um, Jason Schreier kind of said something about this on a podcast. He works he works for Bloomberg. He said about how the game's been in development for four years. I think there is some loose wording around that, but there is some truth in it. You know, they've spoken in the past before it was known as 16 that Yoshida's new product started developing in 2016 before Final Fantasy 15 shipped. And... I think the thing I would add to that conversation, which hasn't really been spoken about, is that at that time, 
it was not Final Fantasy 16. Mm-hmm. It was a vision for a game they were looking to put forward. And at, at some point internally, I'm sure they they floated the idea, maybe this could be 16. Yeah. Like there would have been groundwork put down and and when it was when it was being formulated, I very much doubt it was it was created as being 16. Mm-hmm. But at some point, probably in 2017, when it looks like Takai joined the team um, and became more more fleshed out with everything, they they kind of got given the green light. So I'd say, yeah, it probably has been in some in some form of creation for four years. Not development for four years, no way. Mm-hmm. Like unless you unless we're talking about development as in concept creation and like coming up with the lore and stuff. Um, yeah, sure. Like maybe four years development for saying that, but in terms of actual development, the game's probably been in, in development for a, about a year, year and a half of solid work. And you know, if you think about uh, Seven Remake, that that started in earnest uh, development probably around uh, mid twenty seventeen. Um, so that's probably taken about two and a half years to to put out. And if if sixteen's going through the same thing, you know if development started sort of towards the the start end of 2019 properly two 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 and a half years is is 2021 mm-hmm. like it's not unrealistic to think that this game is going to be coming out soon and we're going to be getting more information that they, they said they're going to be sharing big news in 2021 square enix typically have a nine month uh six to nine month lead up between big and big reveal and release mm-hmm. like that's how long they feel they need to generate hype They've just announced the game at one of the biggest, in one of the biggest ways they possibly could. Loads of people now know about the game. They're going to be keeping their eyes peeled about it. They want to see what's going to happen next. And Yoshida's mission now is that whatever they show next has to show how much improvement there is. It has to be polished. Yeah. It has to look good. Yeah. That that's it. Like that that's their main objective from then on. And then obviously after that, um, it's 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 go time. Like Seven Remake is the perfect example. Loads of really fully uh, like filler, ya ya, woo woo stuff for like four years after that reveal trailer. Mar- May 2019, teaser trailer. E3 2019, full shabam. This is the game, guys. Be hyped as F about this game. And that's <laughs> yeah. all they needed. Yeah. Like everything before that, they basically redid everything. Like it was kind of swept under the carpet. That None of that existed, guys. May 2019, this is when we announced the 7 remake to everyone. Mm-hmm. This is the game we want everyone to see. And then it was supposed to ship nine months later. It didn't. It was 10 months later. <laughs> but ultimately, that's what they're probably going to do with 16. Like, they've done the announcement. Great. Big shabam. Reveal. Release. Mm. I talked for a lot of time. You did. You kind of went on a soapbox there. I was very proud. Very proud of it. Thank but you. Yeah, How do you no. feel about that? I do think... I. I I think that would be great. I mean, I do. Yoshida actually pretty much said the same thing that it's going to be coming out a lot sooner than we predict or than we can even think of. Um, And yeah, I like honestly, I, I get kind of fed up with people over the graphics thing because it doesn't look bad. Okay. So it doesn't look like stellar what you expect next level like playstation game or whatever but then we don't really even know fully what next level playstation game is 
really supposed to look like because we've seen so little of the PlayStation 5 games so far, at least for me. Like, I still don't really know. I guess it's the whole thing that Square have built a reputation that they are graphical powerhouses. Seven they Remake kind of confirmed that. 15 looked amazing. But 7 also had a lot of issues with graphics because they couldn't load. loading stuff, yeah. But when it was good, it was good. It was good. 15 is all right. 15 was good. Like, obviously, it looked a lot better when it was on PC. Um, but, like, yeah, I just, I just get kind of fed up because that's not why I play a Final Fantasy game. I mean... You know, like graphics, sure, it's a it's a bit of it, but it's not it's not the really big bit. And then to compare it and say it looks like a Final Fantasy fourteen game, Final Fantasy fourteen is freaking good. So I'd rather it look like a Final Fantasy fourteen game, have a story of a Final Fantasy fourteen game, and then I'll just be yeah. happy. I mean, graphics are important, but they're not the be all and end all. No. We've been quite spoilt with Final Fantasy that they've often been at the forefront of technology. Mm. But ultimately, it's about the story. And it's why both of us love Nier. The game mm. did not look great when no. it came out. The gameplay was not the best in the world. But the story was one of the best video game stories that's ever been written, in my opinion. And the soundtrack was great. So the presentation that needed to be there and the aspects of the game that needed to be there to make an emotional connection with you they delivered. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if the graphics weren't great. Like, let's be real. Like, I mean, obviously, stylistically, Atlas games. So, like Persona Five, it really does look gorgeous in a lot of in a lot of ways. But like, they're they always limit themselves. Um, they don't they don't go for the same style as like the realistic versions of characters, like in um. I don't know, like really, really powerhouse games like The Last of Us. Like you never see a Persona character looking like a character out of The Last of Us. You just wouldn't. It, they always kind of, um, they always kind of cleverly mask their limitations as far as what they can achieve graphically by making it a part of their style. And like, so it doesn't really matter that it doesn't look like other games that are really stellar graphically. It's just, it, it looks, it looks the persona, like the, the persona way. It looks like what a persona looks like. Same with like Dragon Quest, like Dragon Quest Eleven. you know, it, it, it looked really good for a Dragon Quest game and played really good for a Dragon Quest game, but it doesn't look like a freaking, like, it, it doesn't look like a graphical powerhouse that other games are, but that doesn't really matter to me as a gamer. I don't. Yeah, especially in this genre as well. Yeah, I just it doesn't. Graphics just are so small to me. But yeah, so yeah, so. And then the the other thing was the characters. People were kind of pissed off that there were no female characters. But you know what? Like that is just. Yeah. It's like the reveal trailer. There are actually plenty it's, of women in the trailer. Yeah, like, like, guys, this is still early days. And you could say, right, let's just do an example here. When they announced the Seven remake, there were two characters in that trailer, Barrett mm-hmm. and Cloud. Where's the female characters? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, and they, they really did a, a I mean, really Lightning, good job. When they did Lightning, where's the male characters? They did a really good job with Tifa and Aerith in Final Fantasy VII Remake. In my opinion, they did a fantastic job trying to make them um, more like friends and uh, giving them more screen time in that regard and being more supportive of each other. Like, 
you know, it's it's really easy to make those kind of assumptions, but it's also really dangerous to do that because <laughs> like I, you, you don't know enough. You don't know enough in order to make that kind of assumption. So you're just making fires without like actually knowing the true story of yeah. what's going on. And who knows, this car- this story might be being written by the same person who did Shadowbringers, which would be amazing. Like, you know, she works cl- she worked closely with um the Final Fantasy 14 staff. She could be a part of it, which would also be amazing. You don't know. <laughs> so just You don't know. Just relax. Chill. We'll get through this, guys. It'll be great in my opinion. But yeah, so on that on that um Lauren's soapbox we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna call it a day it's one of the longer episodes we've done for a while but it's it's justified mm-hmm. Final Fantasy 16 guys I know it's so cool it's a real thing it's gonna be coming out sooner than we think mm. and if it does come out 2021 7 Remake comes out 2022 it's a good time to be a Final Fantasy fan very true so with that we're wrapping up the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come on the 13th of October And who knows, we may have some more news for you about 16 at that point. Until then, be sure to check out all our previous episodes of the podcast on FinalFantasyUnion.com. And if you enjoy what we do, why not support us on Patreon at Patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. For now though, it's time to say goodbye. Bye everyone. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production.